0: Film Pulse is supported by the kind donations from listeners like you. Please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Film Pulse for just $1 a month and help keep the podcast on the air. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. This is Ryan Watches a Movie where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and tell us what he thought.
1: Gunballs out in the watching the Garabian crawl. Magi. <laughs> if you're listening to this, don't even waste your time.
0: Hello and welcome to Ryan Watches a Movie. This is episode number 260. My name's Adam Patterson. Today we're joined by Kevin Rakestrow. How are you, Kevin? Good. Okay. also joined by Ryan Holes. How are you? Pretty in. Alright. Uh, before we started the sh- start the show this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about a, a news thing that happened. We wanted to talk about it on the regular weekly show, but it like just happened and there wasn't a whole lot of details about it, but... Now some more details came out. Uh, Ryan, I'm sure this will be news to you, but a couple weeks ago we talked about uh, the the film critic Devin Faraci and the kind of the hot water that he was in when uh, it became known that he, despite being fired from uh, the Alamo Drafthouse, he was back on the payroll, and there was this whole big drama around that. And now he's gone for good. And then. Probably a week later, maybe maybe even less than that, uh, there were some more allegations thrown at Harry Knowles, the owner of Ain't It Cool News, and Harry Knowles happens to be one of the founders of Fantastic Fest along with um along with Tim League of the Alamo Draft House.
1: Oh I'm gonna say a pretty big dish, man.
0: So Ryan, yes. we'll <laughs> get to that so ryan i take you haven't heard about any of this this uh, uh stuff that's i,
1: I kind of i've heard uh i read people bitching about twitter but i didn't know what it was about so i just left the line.
0: <laughs> you're like i'm not touching that so there were some allegations thrown against at harry Knowles for being Pretty much the same kind of creeper that Devin Faraci was, where he would say awful things to women and grope them and just be kind of a perv. And I guess a lot of these, a lot of these women just kept quiet. One of the big things is that a lot of these people were either employed by the Alamo draft house or work for birth movies, death, which is also owned by the Alamo draft house or were involved with fantastic fest. And when several of these women approached Tim league, he, he kind of was, he, he wasn't happy about the situation. He was uh, appalled by the situation, but he sort of, it seems like he sort of tried to sweep it under the rug and was just like, well, just don't, just don't get near him. Just don't be around him anymore. And I think that that's one of the big things that's causing some of the outrage here is that both Tim League and his wife sort of knew that that Harry Knowles was a creeper and they didn't really do anything about it. Well, now, of course, uh, all ties have been severed with with him. Uh, Three of the main... I, I think they're the main writers. There are certainly writers that have been with Ain't It Cool News for a very long time. They all left the site. Um, Ain't It Cool News was dropped as a sponsor for Fantastic Fest and Harry Knowles was not in attendance. He made it sound like he voluntarily didn't go, but it seems to me like he he was asked not to attend. I
1: brought the spot for his try (laughs) fun.
0: Yeah. So, if you want to kind of get the whole long lowdown of all of this stuff. The daily beast came out with a very lengthy article today that sort of goes over all of this stuff that's been going on. And I think it's, it's worth reading because I definitely think that this is something that people need to be having conversations about, especially people in the, in the indie film world like us um, because this is not, this is not okay. And I think that it needs to be discussed um kevin have you
2: have you perused this article i did peruse this article and i don't know if you saw because this happened after you sent me that article but uh lewis black who is like the co-founder yeah um, south South by southwest yeah did you see his response
0: i did see it and (laughs) what i would say that his response is baffling to say the least i think his
2: response might be the worst that I've seen,
0: it, it, it's not in the really sense that
2: he makes it seem like. Number one, he makes it seem like Harry Knowles gave these people. He uses the term power and prestige, which yeah. I don't think so. I don't think that they got that from Harry Knowles of all people. And then to say that you know the moment an opportunity arise for them to to turn on him, that's what they did with a ruthless vengeance. In his words, which you got to be kidding me.
0: Which is utter bullshit it that that is utter bullshit. this guy is a fucking parasite he he was an asshole from the beginning every most people knew that he was an asshole. I mean he's certainly an asshole to us in the the few interactions
2: that we've had with him, yeah, and I mean that was I've only had one interaction with like a quote unquote film community like face to face, and that was it. Was <laughs> him being a dick <laughs> left a bad taste in your mouth?
0: So if uh, you're not. Familiar, yeah. So let me just let's backtrack a little bit. uh I, I've told this story before, I think, on the podcast. I tweeted about it today, but the the one. So the first time we ever met Harry Knowles was at South by Southwest. We went to a screening, and it was at the Paramount Theater, which is in a really. It's an enormous old theater. Um, so there's lots of seats but the seating is not the best there there's a small section in the middle that is handicapped accessible
1: by spot you mean room enough for two
0: yeah there's pretty much just room for two two wheelchairs in that spot and if you don't if those spots are full you're pretty much screwed so we we go there we get a spot and and correct me if i'm if any of this is in is not right because it's been a while, uh, we get a spot. Harry Knowles comes in and grabs an usher, and we are forced to move Ryan out of the handicap spot because he wants to set up a tripod before the screening because he's going to be <laughs> recording the, the Q and A after the screening. I and believe that's correct. He he does it in. The most childish way—he throws a little temper tantrum about Ryan, who's in a wheelchair and who needs a wheelchair. This—I mean—I don't want to—I don't want to yeah, sound, want to sound insensitive, know. but Harry Knowles, maybe, maybe things have changed, but at the time, he didn't need a wheelchair. I, and,
1: I, I will be perfectly comfortable saying that,
0: <laughs> because he got
1: up on he walked up on stage.
0: Well. But th- that's besides the point. The point is, Ryan's in a wheelchair. He needs to have that handicapped spot. There's nowhere else for him. And he didn't want to set up his camera equipment like during the credits of the movie or, you know, right after the movie. He could have done that easily, but no, he insisted on setting up his stupid fucking tripod before the screening and cried like a little bitch and made Ryan move. And we had to put him all the way in the back of the theater. And if you've ever been to the back of the Paramount Theater, it's completely obstructed. Like you can't see anything when you're all the way back there.
1: And the it's balcony, like a forty degree incline.
2: Yeah, the balcony. Know, there's, also, there's also no seat for me, so I get a folding chair.
0: Yeah, same here. We we got we got folding chairs to sit on, which we weren't even in a spot. It was like by the door. And it was just it's just a really shitty situation and you know, this is Ryan's first film festival that he's ever been to. He's really excited about the the movie that we're going to see and this guy comes in and it's just like throws a temper tantrum and ruins the whole thing. It's just it and he was such a petulant little turd that <laughs> I just knew. I knew from that moment that this guy was a fucking asshole. And then, you know, all this stuff. Now, I I, I get it. Ain't it cool news? It ha it, it, there is some prestige there. It's a very popular website. It's been around for decades upon decades. And why? Wow. I don't know. It's a shits. It's a shitty site. It's a bad site. It looks terrible, but uh it's a, it's a very popular site. And you know, I the, some of the some of the people that wrote for the site were great. Were great writers. He is not. But some of some of the people that uh, that worked on the site were were tremendous writers. That being said, I'm glad that they all they they weren't going to put up with that and they left. And some people some people have been there for uh, Eric Vespy's been there for 20 years. He started working at the site when he was 16. Jeez. And for the for. Louis black to come out and say all this stuff and come to his defense. It really wasn't even like, it was a response, but it was kind of like a non-response. He, it was just, it was so poorly written. And for him to say that stuff, it's just, I find it to be utterly ridiculous.
1: This to me, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. And it really, I don't want to bring it up, but it really sounds like Donald Trump. When we did it, like, we let his actions go, and we ignore them, and we put him on the rug, and he stood dick, and he grabbed pussies.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that is, and then people wonder why, you know, women don't come out. And then you see a response like Lewis Black's and it's like, oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. And it seemed like he was trying to say that
0: these were false accusations or something like that, which there's proof. I mean, in that article, you can see they, they uh, took screen grabs <laughs> of, of some of the shit that he said in direct messages on Twitter to some of these women. Let me, let me just, I have it up here. I, I want to read some of these. Because these are great. So he, this is uh, an interaction that he, he had with um, a film blogger. He goes, come hither to Austin. Your eyeliner makes you look good enough to eat. Obviously, I'm talking about cannibalism, baby. What the f- You can have my Vienna sausage anytime. I'll cover it in cabbage. Shut your eyes and pretend it's all rice.
1: Dude, what the fuck?
0: Also, drinking and watching Blue Velvet brings out the carnal, just like your eyeliner. Wow. So there's that. I'm not even sure how to make sense of that. I'm not
2: sure what that, what a lot of that stuff means. It's just, I know it's gross.
0: Well, all you have to do is read his review of Heroes, and if. <laughs> you'll know. You'll know what kind of guy he is. I, I couldn't believe that kevin sends me this review of harry knowles he, he wrote a review for the show heroes in 2006 this is like a long time ago that he wrote it and it's like the most it's the whole thing is just about uh hayden penitieri and like how because of her powers her hymen grows back <laughs> and it's so what yeah he what the fucking wrong with it yeah a lot
2: of things, right
1: dude toy totally got a whole other level of creepy
2: that's the well, and that's the that's the thing like he he wrote that he published it people read it and then people are like i'm still gonna go back to that site yeah yeah like, wh- like how, how i mean maybe i think i think if he
0: wrote it now that would not fly i think back in 2006 people were more like okay with those kind of like chauvinist remarks i I feel like you don't get away with that kind of stuff these days or maybe enough people didn't read it to oh
2: maybe like actually share well
0: there there was a fair there were a fair amount of comments on there like when i was when i scrolled down there's a lot there's quite a few comments on it some people were you know were pretty negative but some people were just like thought it was kind of a joke
1: Mm. That's what i am say. What a play I'll this is all funny. Again, like, dog will him as himself, but no one, else. no one else.
0: Well, I don't think grabbing women's asses and trying to grope them and put your hand up their shirts and stuff is funny. I don't think that that should be accepted or yeah, brushed true. off, because... That's that's assault is what it is, especially if it's unwanted.
1: I don't even like back when, back when I was in high school, I was a, like a horny little teenager, I, I wouldn't walk up to some girl and grab her. Wherever.
0: Well, I think that's, it's, I think what it is is, I think we talked about this with the Devin Frocci thing too. It's like these guys that they get a little bit of popularity. You know, these these <clears throat> fucking basement dwelling film nerds get a little bit of uh fame even within their own little niche and they just they think that they're hot shit and they can just be grabbing pussies all over the place.
1: Is that what we're gonna do? When we get real popular, we're gonna grab pussies. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'll punch you in the face if you do.
0: <laughs> I'm just imagining you attacking <clears throat> To, to be grabbing women, groping women,
1: I'd be grabbing the person standing beside
0: them. Yeah, you'd be grabbing their their boyfriend and and getting your face pushed off. All right, so that's that. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, definitely check out the Daily Beast article that that goes over everything. Uh, and the, there's a lot of talk on Twitter about it too. So. You know, we'll we'll talk about it again if there's any developments that, that come up with that. Let's, what sorry, go ahead, Kevin.
2: No, no, let's 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 move on.
0: Okay. Ryan, what movie do we have you watch this week?
1: Bubblegum and Broken Fingers.
0: Bubblegum and Broken Fingers. This came out in twenty eleven. We picked this in honor of National Chewing Gum Day, which uh is observed on September thirtieth. So mark your calendars for Hell that. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I have a synopsis here for this. If oh man, it's a long one. I hate these long ones.
1: The synopsis of like part the whole plot outline.
0: If you don't have your own plan, you'll damn sure be a part of someone else's. It's a lesson learned the hard way in this modern day gangster western. Rodney. A young mob bagman wants to give up his life of crime, but his partner Dominic has a plan of his own. Rodney finds himself in a no-win situation and fights desperately to return to his pregnant wife and leave the business for good. Unfortunately, the road back to Vegas proves treacherous. Follow the journey of a mysterious silver briefcase and witness the havoc it brings to the one who carries it. In this story of several seemingly unrelated stories... We see how paths collide throughout, revealing multiple plot twists. Bubblegum and Broken Fingers is a bizarre trip around the block that will leave you lifetimes away from where you started. (laughs) There are several issues with that synopsis. (laughs) We'll get into (laughs) (laughs)
1: it.
0: Ryan, tell us a little bit about Bubblegum and Broken Fingers.
1: First one, I need to explain... This is an hour and seventeen minutes long, and there's probably I'd say roughly around thirty characters, <laughs> so there's not really any time for any of them to develop. And all it's all that happens is it ends up confusing the fuck out of everyone. Um, basically at the beginning, there are two gangsters and they make a decision to kill two other gangster guys they meet up with. And again, not really sure what all that is you not know, this way. Besides, the one guy wants to be a different person and get away from his life of crime. So they, they uh, should both of their are And they end up driving away. And while they're driving away, they run over something get a flat tire and decide to leave their car in the middle of nowhere and just walk until they find someone. So the next scene, you meet a girl that doesn't have voice box and you don't know why, and she's hitchhiking. While she's hitchhiking, she manages to wave down two dudes in one girl. The girl's pretty young, like 16 or 17, and she doesn't talk at all. She only shakes her head yes or no. And there is an assumption that maybe the two dudes are like fucking with her and like waving her and so these, are these two guys and I'm getting killed. But another one who who is this lady with a voice box. and i up handcuffing her before she kills them. And when they handcuff her, she cuts her arm off, the handcuffs, and then goes out and kills them. Then takes the mini-wrap there and drives off, drugs sort of back home. Meanwhile, see it in the aftermath. You see the two gangsters walking around the uh, scene. And, The next scene is this girl's sister who is begging a dude, and there's probably like a three-minute scene followed up by the woman pissing standing up, and I couldn't really figure out what happened next. I thought maybe they are trying to point the fact that she was his best and I'm not being true. So I'm assuming there is a point of fact that she's a badass from prison and she was in charge of uh, then that this lady happens to be the twin sister of her uh, cutter cut her arm off. So they go to a doctor who is like just work after hours and they go Indian help and that's where he will lose me because all kinds of characters are this. We're helping some people The FBI is helping kill people. The FBI is against helping other people. They're working with the DA. The DA doesn't help certain people. It makes sense. (laughs) So I'm going to go right to the end. They're at an airport in the middle of nowhere. And everyone ends up dying except for the girl with a voice box and the young girl. And they take off in a plane. And I assume you're supposed to believe that they escape. But obviously it doesn't end have they like a because the girl's twin sister dies, brother does, and that's it.
0: Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I, I did watch this one, and uh, you're right; it is a uh, it's a little convoluted. There are a lot of characters, and you, you the whole time you're just wondering why, why are, did, why is this happening? Why are there so many of these characters? They were clearly trying to go with the uh, you know the whole Tarantino vibe with it, and oh boy. It was a it was a major failure. Ryan, what did you oh, think? Of, yeah. What did you think of this that,
1: movie? Well, I uh, I didn't like it at all. Because I didn't understand it. Because there along with there being a lot of characters, there's also like I'd say probably eight or nine plot twist. Which wouldn't mean absolutely nothing. I don't know. Uh, it meant
0: Well, a a lot of the actions of the people made zero sense at all. Like there was, there was the U S marshals and then there was the FBI and the DEA. And then there's this, I can't even remember what they called them. The the friend, it was like called like, they were called like the friends club or something Uh, like the best friends club. And those were like the, the twin sisters and then some other women who were assassins and they were, Gonna gonna try to steal this case, this briefcase also. But then, like the the marshals, (laughs) like double crossed the FBI and killed a bunch of them for some reason. That and the
1: one the one FBI guy is trying to retire, and he's from about a hundred percent, believe or a hundred percent, hundred percent arrest record.
0: He survives though. He's he's another one that survives.
1: Oh, yeah. I was just thinking of that last... Oh, yeah, he
0: does. They show him... He gets shot, but he was wearing a bulletproof vest.
1: Yeah. Oh, nice. But all the other best FBI, DNA, and all that shit, they all die.
0: <laughs> yeah, all the best friends club, they all die, and... There's some other miscellaneous people that did also get killed. A lot of this takes place in, inside this weird urgent care facility <laughs> that That's... apparently is closed. It was so funny. There's the scene where they, so the the girl that cuts off her own hand with a tin can, mind you, she uses a tin can to cut her hand off. She ends up, they, they call this doctor that they know, but the receptionist, Answers it and she goes, we're closed. And then just hangs up the phone. And it's like, you're a hospital. What are you doing? (laughs) Like, you just hang up on somebody that says they they need help. And
1: that that, that same character later on ends up trying to bang the doctor. Because she has some fantasy, which is spoiled because obviously he's trying to, like, save hands and save b- body parts, the there's no say.
0: Well, the whole movie feels like it's, a, a, like, a softcore porn, but there's no sex in it. There's that one scene, yeah. and that's it. Like, there's no nudity in this movie. The violence is not really, there's, it's not that violent
2: it's just it it's like weird just, it just
0: it feels like a softcore porn minus the sex
2: it seems like they have the reason that they have 30 characters or so is so they can kill them or kill a large portion of them and I give them something to do i guess it's like crash Band,
1: but very very short like they have like no one has any time to develop at all Except uh, being one of the main characters.
0: It's stuff. like that movie Go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just can't
2: believe it. It's almost two hours. Oh, yeah. Same to me. It's
0: an That's hour and 50. Just... This movie's no, no joke. It's deep. It's got depth. Wow. I also noticed that a lot of the characters, for some reason, their voices didn't match their bodies. I don't know if it was just if they were adr or or what, but like the doctor... He had this like super baritone voice, and he sounded like a yeah. he sounded like a, a um radio announcer or somebody. Yes, it just it didn't match up. It seemed odd. But no, Look at but, the
1: girl, the girl, that cuts her arm off, she's a badass. But everyone else, never, it sucks.
0: The one scene I liked was when they they forced this doctor to sew her hand back on. But yes. it was. To, did not work, and her hand turned completely black, and then she just ripped it off and threw it in the garbage. That was <laughs> also my favorite. I just, I, I don't. That was like the one,
2: the one scene that I enjoyed in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so out of an hour and fifty minutes, you got that.
1: No, an hour and fifteen. Hmm. Is the runtime rush one?
2: No.
0: Um on IMDb it says an hour and 50. Now I just looked at the movie itself and it is an hour and 17 minutes.
2: Oh, thank goodness.
0: Yeah, so that's that's uh, an in, that's not correct on IMDb. This is available on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh I don't know if I mentioned this? the director. Yeah. This is uh, written and directed by Sean Jackson. Let's see what else he did. He has uh this is the only feature that he directed. He did a couple short shorts. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. He did a episode of a TV show called Vitamin Z. It sounds like a zombie thing. I love when we look at these directors and they like have TV shows and it's like TV shows I never even heard of. a lot of TV shows.
2: Like, that, what, like, like almost any time I get on IMDb, I'm just like, I've never heard of any of these.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, this is a U.S. show called Vitamin Z. Oh, it's a web series, that's why. Yeah,
2: that's the thing. I have a feeling that 98% of them are
0: web series. Oh, yeah. Uh, it looks like he has a segment in a movie called Tales of Torment. Sounds like a uh, horror anthology. That's pretty much that's it.
1: also that this uh a $24,000 budget.
0: <laughs> well, it shows. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Sounds
0: like it sounds yeah. like.
2: Sounds like we wouldn't need much.
0: It had a very low budget look to it. Everything was shot on digital. Everything was too bright. Just it looked like crap.
2: That was the bubble gun in this movie.
1: Uh it was Bazooka yeah.
0: Joe. Yeah, but it was like a like a knockoff. It was like a German version. Oh uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. But it was like german the German version of bazooka, the mm-hmm. whole broken fingers thing um oh, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure scene. about that it's it happens in one scene. she just uh, randomly uh, breaks this dude's fingers, and that's, that's it, sure. and the gum, the gum is really only in one scene
2: oh, it seems yeah, like uh, a, like a really really uh big role here seems like you know to get top villain in a title like that, yeah, well. Now, what's what? What is there more of? Bubble gum or broken fingers? I'd say bubble gum. There yeah. is more bubble gum. Yeah, because like for some reason, it, she like
0: randomly is chewing gum and like giving the gum to the to the little girl Heidi.
1: It's, she finds it from Liz, uh, the, the, ger-
0: the German guys that. Yeah. That was a whole like weird side plot that didn't go anywhere and yeah. wasn't developed at all.
1: Uh, yeah. There's just some girl along to the rod. I mean, I think that they were. Run.
0: I think that they were doing horrible things to her. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's why she, like, she's a mute. Beaut- she's, like, very timid.
0: Yeah. Just bad stuff all around. It's not even, like, fun to watch in a so-bad-it's-good way. Uh, all right. Ryan, any final thoughts before we give you a drum roll on this? No. Nope. Alright, what do you give Bubblegum and Broken Fingers? One. That is a one mm. out of ten. It's,
1: this was pretty bad. I really hated this.
0: It's, it's bad, but it's not like so egregiously horrible that it, it's going to stay with you forever, yeah. you know? Like, you're just going to forget about it.
2: Yeah. Like, it sounds like overall, like zero enjoyment yeah
0: there's just nothing there's nothing about it that's
1: It just really what i was watching it just really pissed me off the entire time because i was like what what is the purpose of any of this
2: Hmm.
0: like i said it's it seems to be very clearly a uh a tarantino ripoff to me
2: those are usually not good
0: they try to have these kind of like pseudo-intellectual conversations and the dialogue attempts to be very snappy but it's it's not it falls short i mean some of the dialogue is is decent but the acting is so poor that it doesn't really work
1: The is quite terrible mm. that's,
2: that's kind of what i was guessing sure yeah absolutely i had a feeling i had a feeling so let's
0: talk about national chewing gum day hell yeah what's your favorite gum Ooh, uh,
1: Watermelon.
0: watermelon. Watermelon oh, nice. now Are we talking about like favorite bubble gum flavor or just gum in general? Mm. See now you got you went and made it difficult. Because gum in general, I usually go with uh something <coughs> like mint mint flavored because usually
2: that yeah. lasts I longer. Usually, yeah, I usually do like a, a what is it like an Orbit? Yeah, sweet mint. Orbit like that sweet
0: mint. Yeah, the Orbit. Orbit stuff's good. Winter fresh even is is okay. Um I think of like bubblegum, I, I I don't really I haven't chewed bubblegum in so long because I think the problem with that is that it most of the flavors, like the the flavor gets lost after like two seconds and it just turns yeah. bitter
2: and gross. It's been yeah, it's been a while for me, so oh, okay. I would have to go back to childhood and go with fruit stripe.
0: Yeah, I was um, gonna uh, mention Fruit Stripe because man, did I love Fruit Stripe! Oh, that was the greatest
1: um, thing ever. That was like the worst though. You like
0: you lose Fruit Stripe, you lost the flavor after
2: like three chews,
0: then <laughs> it was completely gone.
2: Yeah, that's true. But the thing with that is now, I'm sure this is because I was I was little and it's. It, it's not actually this way, but it seemed like in that pack you got like 50 pieces of gum.
0: Yeah, because there was all different flavors. So it was like every time it was just, it was so new.
1: Plus, you had chewed the paper.
0: You could chew the paper. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, remember, I was a big fan of Big League Chew.
1: That's mm-hmm. why I'm just going to say Big League Chew. Love cream.
0: Big League Chew, man. Oh. I'd eat that stuff. The strawberry
2: Mm. it's good.
0: I liked that. I liked um, there were certain flavors of booleum that I liked. There was like an,
2: I feel like there was an orange flavor that I liked. There was. Do you remember, do you guys remember? This is another one that was one of my favorite little Gatorade. Gatorade gum. Uh, Oh my um, God. Dick's Sporting Goods sold Gatorade mm -hmm. gum at the checkout on the
0: checkout counter. And I loved it. That shit was good. I I actually like a couple of years ago, just on a whim, searched for Gatorade gum and I couldn't find it anywhere. <clears throat> I don't know if it. I don't think it exists anymore. <laughs> but man,
2: that stuff was so good. Hold up, I just did it. Oh, they're calling it Quench Gum now. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the same. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that. There
0: was also a flavor of I think it was Bubble yum that I liked. It was white. It was like a I don't know what flavor it was. But I remember the gum was white, and it was in that like little cube shape that Bubble Yum is in. It was like a tropical flavor, hmm. but it was white in color, and that was really good.
1: Cotton candy Bubble Yum is also good.
0: That was okay, yeah. Like, and of course the the purple the the grape oh, yeah. flavor was pretty pretty standard. That had a really bad yeah. aftertaste, though. Yeah, I think we're we're pretty much gum connoisseurs at this point. Between the three of us, understand. we seem to know a lot about chewing gum.
1: And the most ironic thing is do
2: either be chew
1: chewing gum? No. When is, it, where is your last piece of gum, Kevin?
2: My last piece of gum? Uh, I chew Orbit Sweet Mint every day. I have like six uh, pieces. I like Stride gum too,
0: Stride. And then also there's the, I think it's called Five. Yeah. Five
2: is good too. They used to have those weird ass commercials. Yeah, the commercials used to have like two million dollar budgets. Ridiculous. They were they were pretty elaborate.
0: I sometimes <laughs> get gum. Like if I'm in a pinch, I'll I'll get a pack of gum. Mostly, I have Altoids. That's what I use to freshen my breath. I'm um, I'm like very concerned about my breath. Like especially in a work environment. Mm. If I'm in a social situation. I'm really cognizant of my breath and I'm always concerned about having bad breath because I know that if I'm around somebody that has bad breath, it's just it ruins my day. So, you don't want to be that guy, I don't want to be that guy. So, I always have something to keep that shit fresh. Got it, but usually it's altoids. I don't know. So, how do we observe National Chewing Gum Day? Uh, Buy a pack of your favorite flavor of chewing gum and share it with your friends and then use the hashtag chewing gum day on social media. Simple enough. enough. Yeah, simple enough. In 1848, John B. Curtis developed and sold the first commercial chewing gum, which was called the state of Maine pure spruce gum. Nice. All right. There it is. National (laughs) chewing gum day. Have a blast. Any closing mm. remarks, Ryan?
1: Don't want to.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> A- avoid bubblegum and broken fingers. <laughs> Uh, I think that's gonna do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse net at filmpulse Kevin at my legs don't work. you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakstro and Ryan Holes, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.
1: Don't want this <laughs> <laughs>